The Holistic Counseling Podcast is part of the practice of the Practice Network, a network of podcasts seeking to help you market and grow your business and yourself. To hear other podcasts like Behind the Bite, Full of Shift, and Impact Driven Leader, go to www.practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. If you're a new listener to the podcast, I want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here. As a listener, you have access to my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to attract your ideal holistic clients. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, enter your name and email address today. Today's guest is Jesse Kanzer, author of the book, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Chilling, and Living with the Tao Te Ching. Jesse was born in the Soviet Union. At the age of eight, she emigrated with her family to Brooklyn. She's a writer, former reporter, and actress. Jessie lives with her two daughters and husband in Dobbs Ferry, New York. Welcome to the podcast, Jessie. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Yes. So can you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work? I would love to. Uh, so my book, as you said, Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, is going to be out shortly. It's available for pre-order, but uh, the whole the whole roundabout way of me writing this book really encapsulates my entire life. And so I set out to help people with the information of these ancient teachings of the Tao Te Ching, because that's really what saved my life. But in so doing, I realized I had to tell my whole entire story. So as you said, I was born in the Soviet Union. Uh, my immigration uh, we were actually refugees. We were seeking asylum in America and we were waiting in various other countries. Uh, there was a lot of trauma, early trauma involved. And back then, and especially in that culture, it was never addressed. Um, people just didn't think of, you know, child psychology as a thing. <laughs> so uh, I stored a lot of this trauma. And then I really tried to reinvent myself uh, in America, where I didn't have the best welcome, by the way, because it was on the heels of the Cold War and oh, kids were right. not that nice. Yeah, like like Russian Russian people were not that loved. And especially, you know, you remember all those uh, culture, like the movies and the way, the way that Russian people were portrayed um, did not serve me well. And I was this like little Jewish girl from the Soviet Union. I had no idea what was going on. And uh, I changed my name which was Asia. I changed it to Jesse. I changed my entire personality. I was going to an inner city public school in Brooklyn and I learned that edginess is the way to go. I became more edgy and with time, drugs were part of my world and I developed an eating disorder. I was very much plagued by these internal struggles and they became exter external struggles eventually. And at the time that I graduated college, I was still bulimic for many years at that point. I was not forming relationships. I couldn't maintain friendships. I got into a major car accident where I had brain damage and I was kind of- Oh my goodness. Right. I was forced 
forced to, to be still. There was no other choice. And so what happened was that I discovered, I started looking at all these different teachings. I knew that I needed help. And when I came upon the Tao Te Ching, I started reading these little verses. It's very simplistic in a way, and at the same time, very complex. And the the Tao is full of paradoxes. So I started reading a verse at a time. I started walking and meditating on these verses. And over time, I, I healed. I heal. I healed my bulimia. I healed from depression. A lot of hurdles came again through life because that's what life does, right? So I became a mom eventually. I had postpartum depression. So this is something, it's a tool that I go back to time and time again because we're never really fully there and enlightened in this human life. So this book that I wrote, I had started Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing before the pandemic. And as the pandemic took hold, I really felt like a lot of this information was calling to be written, was calling to be given to people. You know, the Tao has existed. It was written in 6th century BC. And it is amazing to me how human nature has changed very little. Like our surroundings may have changed, but But it's still relevant, isn't it? Yes, it's so relevant. And our needs and our, our propensity to compare ourselves all the time and to look to outside messaging and to get lost in this kind of external world, it still happens to us today, very much so. And so the Tao always brings us back to our center, always brings us back to quietude and encourages us to connect with our inner selves. And that's what my book is all about. So do you have a favorite, I guess, passage from the book or or from the from the Tao that really helps you? Yes, it's very hard for me to judge my own words. I I love all of the stories that I tell in my book. I have stories about my terrible dating days and I was like a real love addict and pretty pathetic in my um in my search for love and I have stories about that are more serious about you know, um I experienced I guess we call it now gray area rape when I was an actress. And there's so many stories about what it is to be a woman and the struggles that we have in this world, um, but also to be a human. Um, and so it's hard for me to judge. Some of my stories are my favorite, but these are my own stories. But for the Tao, it's pretty easy to tell you. And I actually have the book here. Oh, excellent. Open. Yeah. So I, I am a big fan of verse nine because for me, it encapsulates the entire picture. So I'll just read it for you. Fill your bowl to the brim and it will spill. Keep sharpening your knife and it will blunt. Chase after money and security and your heart will never unclench. Care about people's approval and you will be their prisoner. Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. That's powerful. I mean, we can, I think you could write a whole book just on that. I, <laughs> I just think that so. passage. <laughs> Ah, no, that's great. Wow. And, and, you know, I see, I see this desperation in a lot of people today and it's really, it's always existed. And I see it in people that are close to me and also just strangers, like in the store, like people, I had to go to the Apple store because, you know, I screwed up my computer and those kind of things happen. And I was rushing around too much and that stuff happens and I don't stress too much about these external things. I take it as a as a notification, a reminder, hey, 
get back to center, slow down. But then I see these people freaking out. You see this in different different oh, yeah. parts of the world. And I mean, like screaming and cursing at the at the sales assistant who's just there to, you know, to help you. And I really, I feel, I feel this desperation in a lot of human beings. And I sometimes have to, like, I want to scream that it doesn't have to be this way. And the Tao Te Ching, this, those teachings, it's not just the Tao. Those same teachings can be found in other spiritual, spiritual texts and spiritual uh, teachers of old. But for me, it so simply encapsulates just the, the, the crap we need to let go of and, and what we need to do to get back to a state of contentment, peace. Oh, I agree. It just brought me back to mindfulness too and just trying to stay in the present moment because I know this past week I was rushing around too much and ended up breaking something that I was was decorating. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not being mindful because I'm not taking my time with what I need to do and not really here because I'm thinking about the next task and I think and that's we like, all, we yeah, all let me that. step yeah. back, right? Let me step back. <laughs> what and am that's I doing? Why, you know, and that's fine. That's why life is ebb and flow because yeah, exactly. we, 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 we get away from center and then we bring ourselves back. And as long as you know how to bring yourself back, you'll be fine. But it's this, this is what I attempt to do. And don't just sit there, do nothing is to grant knowledge. And it's not just from Tao Te Ching. It's I use, you know, I use teachings from other therapists and other teachers and other spiritual wisdom that's helped me. I bring it in. I div- I used the verses, my favorite verses. So I used 47 verses from the Tao. It's actually a total of 81 verses. And I used 47 verses because some of them get repetitive. I, I would I'd share the verse and I went through dozens and dozens of translations and I was trying to be the most authentic to that original text. So I share the verse, I share my interpretation of it, and then I share a story or an observation from the world that really underlines this verse, that really shows it in action, sort of, in life, and how we veer off our path a lot of times. And I, what I was hoping is, through reading this book, I hope people will look at their life uh, in a, differently, even as even all the stuff that happened to them that they're not thrilled with, I hope that they will start to see the lessons that come with those things that we don't want, with those mistakes and those those accidents even and and the hardships because they all come bearing gifts. Yeah. And I think it is a, a lot of the perception with this too. Am I going to get mad over this computer not working today or am I just going to take care of it and stay in my peaceful place? <laughs> you know? And, you know, look, I don't know if this is for everyone. For me, I, I often do a lot of things at the same time. I'm also a mom of two little kids and I have things happen where I lose something or I, I mean, this is like a, this is kind of normal. That's in life, my life. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to lose my, you know, my peace of mind over these things that happen. And this book, the Tao, as well as my book, it helps us remember that really almost nothing in the world is worth your peace of mind. And of course we lose it. We lose it at times. And, you know, there's times to be sad and there's times to grieve. And this is just a tool to help us always return to the center. So that's the whole point to always return to the center. Yeah. To return to yourself. You know, I always say like, I know what my job is. I've known it for a while. A lot of people come to me with their issues. I know my job is to just bring people back to themselves. 
You don't need a guru. You just need to reconnect with your higher self, your inner power, your knowing that sometimes we forget about or can't even hear because of all of the external voices and messaging. All the noise. Yes. So much noise. Exactly. Getting back to self. I think that's so essential. And I try to do it, you know, a lot of um, spiritual self-help books can be very serious. I always try to remember that to me, enlightenment actually means lightening up. So I try to do it in a fun way. I mean, there are there are silly stories. There are s- simple stories. There are things that even though, yes, my story is particular, like I was an immigrant and I came from a different world. But actually what the people who have read it, what people tell me is they can relate to so much of it because at our core, our experiences are pretty similar. Like someone can have a really horrible experience. Someone can have a less horrible experience, but the way we feel, the isolation we feel, this need for belonging that we all feel, it's all the same. And so I try to do it in a soft way and offer folks exercises and just um, shifts in perception that can, that can alter things for you without all that jarring information that sometimes, you know, I, I've started to get really sick of seeing these things where like, if you just do this program, you will live happily ever after. <laughs> yes. So I, I veer away from that. Yeah. But I think sense of humor too. I mean, that to me, that's a lifelong skill that can help you get back to yourself. Totally, totally. Because sometimes when we are having hard times, it can be so ridiculous that if you don't laugh at it, you will cry. And laughing can be very healing. And I think it helps connect you with other people too and friends and family. And Yeah. And, and those days, you know, when everything goes wrong, you have to laugh. Oh, absolutely. So, we all have those days. <laughs> yes, days and weeks. You I know, know. And I'm also like, and we've ta- we talked about this off the air, but I also, I'm a very woo-woo person. I believe that- But you're in the right place. Is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I also believe in astrology. You know, I, I, I say in the book, I believe in everything a little bit. If somebody brings me information that they're passionate about, I believe them, even if it's a little bit. I think that everyone experiences the world in, in different ways, but I, I think that there are commonalities. And so I have an astrologer that I really love and I follow him and I listen to. So it's interesting to me that last week you broke something and I broke something. Like there are sometimes, we also are very interconnected and the pandemic showed that so much. Yes. Too, I think. Mm-hmm. And we do experience like big shifts together too. So sometimes we're all suffering. So we got (laughs) to laugh together. Oh gosh. Yeah. So can you tell me more about being an expert and doing nothing? So what exactly does that mean (laughs) for you? Yes, of course. And like I um, mentioned in the story of this book and how I got to the Tao, I, I was actually forced to do nothing like physically forced after that car accident, which I had after college. And that magically was the time that I actually began healing. Healing was not happening for me before that. I thought that that stayed with me. And even though this has been two decades ago, that stayed with me because isn't that interesting that sometimes we need to be brought to our knees in order to finally sit still and heal. And um, I was still bulimic in the time. My, I mean, my body was broken. 
And I still could not let go of this habit that was not serving me at all at that point. And I'm not saying that bulimia ever serves anyone, but I had wanted to stop it for a long time while I was still binging and purging because it becomes an addiction just like anything else. Like it's an addict, you're addicted to the feeling you get when you binge yes. and then the freedom you get when you purge and uh, the control, the control rather. Um, and it's funny that it took that car accident for me to realize that, hey, I don't even know how to sit still because I didn't. I I binged when I couldn't deal with my emotions. I didn't just sit there and process anything. And that began a slow journey of healing. And I became an expert in a lot of things. I, um, I'm a trained Reiki healer. Oh, you are. Wow. Yes, I am. I'm also a trained intuitive. I've studied with, uh, the, she's a renowned, renowned intuitive and psychic Laura Day. Uh, she's, she was the intuitive to like all the celebrities back in the day and she doesn't do that anymore. But so I trained with her. Uh, I also meditate and I do breath work and I do all of these things, not because I think that's the only one way to be, but because they serve me. Um, and I write a lot of my book, like there's different ways to be still. What I'm talking about is stillness of the mind, stillness of the soul like an inner peace that you find. So it's interesting. My husband does it through running. He's an avid runner, but he'll go for like hours because that clears his head. And that's a form of stillness too. When you're able to close your computer and say, I'm going to deal with this work later. And you're able to go out in the woods for two hours. That's a form of stillness. So I try not to judge. I present different, um, examples of it in don't just sit there, do nothing. I have a section at the end of each chapter that says, do your Tao. And the irony in this is you're doing your Tao by doing nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm really good at actually physical stillness too. Like I can do. So you can just sit and just be. Yes. I love to sit and just be, I love it. Like I love it. It is the (laughs) best. I love to, I love incense. And if I just, can sit on my couch. I have a couch in my office and I sit and I just watch the smoke go up and it just continues. It is the most calming thing in the world. And I also do more traditional type of meditations. Yes. I'm really, really good at doing that. And I I know that's challenging for a lot of people though. It, It really is. And it's always surprising to me, but then I remember that it was also challenging for me. Yeah. So I've been on both ends. I have friends who, when they do yoga, for instance, or, you know, there's a bar class that used to be popular in my, in my community, uh, pre-pandemic. And none of my friends could stay at the end for the breath work when you're just lying down and you're doing some breath work. And I thought it's so interesting. They can't stay for an extra five minutes with Shavasana and yoga or this breath work that they would do in the bar that they couldn't stay. And a lot of people tell me that. And I find that so interesting. Yeah. My sister was like, why, why do I have to stay for five? I got stuff to do. Which is true, which is true. I and know. I, I People have that in their mind, yeah. And listen, sometimes I would leave because I would want to go home and do an hour meditation. Mm-hmm. So we all have our own reasons. But it's interesting because they would tell me, like, I can't, no, it freaks me out. I can't just lie down and just, like, let my brain go. I can't. So I, I do know that this information is important. Also, I honestly, from personal experience and from watching other people, I know that connecting with your inner voice actually does save your life connecting with your inner power. And so there's different ways to do it. I tell people who are super busy, who like to pack their schedule, 
I tell them I schedule on schedule time, like put, even if it's only 10 minutes in the middle of the day, just put in capital letters, my book in my book, it's in capital, capital letters, just write, do nothing, 10 minutes in the middle of your calendar and see what happens. That's great. And literally you could just like, you could look out the window for 10 minutes and yeah, just and I, watch you know, I did that this morning. I got up, you know, and it's fall right now as we're recording and I'm looking at the fog outside and just watch, I'm just watching a leaf fall from the tree, just fall into the ground nice and slow. You know, just a moment like that, just capturing those nothing moments and that's exactly it's funny we're on the we're on the same page chris that's exactly what i talk about i say even if you have one minute just pause everything stop answering those emails and especially since a lot of us have been working from home just very stationary on our computers so like our bodies are still but we're not still at all we're doing a billion things we have 50 tabs open and i say if you just take a pause and look outside and watch the trees move with the breeze that is a reset a deep breath, deep inhale, and a long exhale is also a reset. And by the way, whenever I do do that, I for, I remember that like, oh my God, like deep breathing, like a deep breath is very yummy. It's very satisfying. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we don't do it that much. No. <laughs> but I think, I think it's good that you break it down into different things because I think like when I do spin class, for me, if I get really going – it feels almost meditative in a way. That's right. The, the That's motion right. of it, even though yeah. I'm doing something, it's still, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. It's, it's like, because yeah. I can't breathe anyway. I got to try to catch <laughs> my breath. So I can't focus <laughs> oh, on much else. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I do have yeah. a chapter in the book about the flow state because the yeah. flow state oh, right. mm. is another great pause for the mind. Um, I do it. I started climbing with my, uh, my older daughter, like loves climbing. I started doing it. And for me, that's what happens. It's so hard. I have to focus so much on like, where am I going to put my hand next? And I forget everything while I'm doing it. So we all get it through different, but yes, actually a flow state is also a really great break for, for the mind and for, for uh, that, uh, you know, that monkey mind that keeps spinning. Yes, exactly. And I think you're right with starting with a minute because I know a lot of my clients when I talk about moving from doing to being that they get panicky. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, don't, oh, and, I don't understand. And I know that it's it's definitely a transition. It's not like overnight. It's I can huge. Just say, yeah. yeah. I can't just be like, sit here on this pillow for an hour. That's not, it's, a, it's no. a little by little, moment by yeah. moment. And also I think nature is really, really great for connecting with ourselves too, because nature doesn't care, just doesn't give a bleep what's going on in life. And, you know, it, it, it's there, it's beautiful. You're in the forest, everything's alive. So sometimes if you can't sit still, go, go out for a nature walk that can reset a lot of things for you. And if you start doing that regularly as part of your practice of leaving all the to do's and just going out, that's a form of doing nothing too, even though you're moving your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And connecting more with nature is good for your mental health and sunshine too. Because I have a, a lot of people that are impacted by lack of sun that causes depressive symptoms. And yeah, that's a, that's a good point. As as we as we're in like the darkest yes. period of the year, <laughs> and and another thing that I also talk about in the book and uh, journaling is very powerful. Uh, sometimes it's and it doesn't have to be with pen and paper. I like I. 
people say there's research that the act of actually writing just for all my random thoughts and I put them down there and sometimes I look at them later and I get insight. So I think also getting all the worries outside of ourselves is very important. Oh yeah. So if you can just sit for those 10 minutes, you know, those do nothing that you scheduled on your calendar, you can take pen and paper and start writing your thoughts out. That is also a meditative practice. Yeah, I just find it interesting that you're mentioning a lot of these things that a lot of people wouldn't think is nothing. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What I mean by do nothing is don't do anything productive. Oh, okay. we all we yeah. have so much pressure on us. Oh, I think yeah. like achievement, come, production, achievement. Totally. Yeah. I come from a very achievement based society too, the Soviet Union. Like I, you know, I was reading at four years old and this was not like because I was some genius. This is how it was. And, um, it's a very achievement based culture. And then America is also really externally based. Um, <clears throat> sometimes not so much achievement as it is like accolades and money and, y- you know, the stuff, the stuff, right? There's a lot of yeah. stuff that we're supposed to want. So I think that there's a big difference between productive doing and doing as a form of being. Do it's like a form of doing that helps you with your being. Yeah, I like that a form of doing that helps you with your being. So that that kind of puts it in easier to understand terms. And- exactly. It will. And, you know, the other thing is the Tao Te Ching is super paradoxical. It'll say two completely opposite things in the same sentence all the time. So the don't just sit there, do nothing is also tongue in cheek a little bit. Because when you're just uh, okay. sitting there, you know, it's like you're just sitting there, you do, you are kind of doing nothing. So it's like consciously doing nothing or consciously doing nothing productive. Nothing productive. Okay. Gotcha. So what's a holistic strategy that you do as part of your daily practice? I do not. Do nothing. <laughs> yeah, I do, I, do, I do nothing. I do nothing. I, I do not pick up my phone as the first thing in the morning. And that was a conscious choice for me that took time. Meaning I can pick up my phone because I have great meditations on there, but I don't open that email tab. Like I don't want to connect with the external world first thing in the morning. And it's a conscious decision to connect elsewhere. So it can be, I love guided meditations, especially in the morning or guided breath work. If, um, if my kids haven't woken me up and I woke, wake up before them, which is preferable, but it's not always the case. I, I try to first thing in the morning or first thing I can, maybe sometimes they get on the bus super early too. It's, it's like seven forty forty, So sometimes it's after that, but I sit down and I do nothing consciously. <laughs> I, I do either some form of, you know, breath work. I, I like shamanic breath work. Um, and it's basically a guided meditation, but with breathing, it's, you focus just on breathing. You, there's breath holds and it really kind of gets you out of that mind. And I either do that or some, some mornings I choose a different type of meditation. But that's, a, that's something that is very important for me on a daily basis. And I, I'm guessing that when you don't do that, you probably know the difference, how you feel. And- yes. And I don't always because once in a while there's a day that starts off crazy and it's a weekend day and yeah, you know, it's so funny. Often by midday, I'm like, mommy has to go meditate. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> yeah. And it's, funny. you know, I, 
yeah, if it's if I don't get to it first thing in the morning, which again, I I hate the all or nothing uh, Me too. type of mm-hmm. because because then you start to beat yourself up and it's just another thing you're not getting to. So for me, it's about when I can. And by the way, if I can't do it first thing in the morning, then I make sure to, when I walk outside, glance up at the sky and take that expansiveness into myself. And it could be just a moment. You know, it doesn't always look the same. It's not always those 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Days that I have more time, I will do a long, long meditation. But I hate the all or nothing. And I always tell people, and I say this in the book, do what you can for yourself. It's little, little, that's why I say you start off with little, little moments of stillness, little moments of a deep breath or a moment of looking outside or a moment of, you know, just free writing for, for, for one minute, little, little shifts. I think that leads to bigger results too. And it's more sustainable, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. And really helping your mental health. And it's not as scary. It's not as frightening. Um, I, because I've always been a searcher, a spiritual searcher, I've always jumped into all that stuff. I understand that that's not how everybody is. We all have our, you know, inclinations, what we like, what we don't like. I've always like, you know, I spent two weeks in an ashram in Brazil. I just got a ticket one day when I was younger (laughs) and I went and I just did things like that. But it also came from my own pain. And I realized in writing the book, it was such a clear understanding by using my stories that, hey, like a lot of the pain that I went through made me a spiritual searcher and being a spiritual searcher has served my life greatly. So I always urge in my writing as well as in just conversations that I urge people to remember that everything has a shadow side and a light side to it. There's nothing that's just one. Truth. Definitely. That's what my hope is with don't just sit there, do nothing. Is people read it and they're like, aha, that happened to me. And, you know, this is this is something I can do with it. Or this is something I can learn from it. Or what else can I learn from it? Like, it's this understanding that nothing happens to us. It happens for us. And that's a great perception shift. Exactly. Exactly. That's all about the, you know, change your thinking, change your life. It's just a shift in perception. That's what it's about. It's not anything specific that you have to do. There are no shoulds. And the Tao, why I love the Tao is there's no shoulds. There's no one way to be the whole. So the Tao Te Ching translates as the book of the way. And the point that you come to when you read it and analyze it enough is everyone has their own way. You have to find your own way. And you do that by connecting with yourself. But there's not, my way is not your way. And that gives us a lot of freedom to be our individual selves. So what's a takeaway you could share today that could help listeners that are just starting their holistic journey? I would say that one of the greatest challenges is loving, forgiving, and accepting ourselves. And it starts with the way you treat yourself on the very, the most basic thing. So if you're starting on a mindfulness journey and you've never really dealt with your own issues, your own treatment towards yourself, you might, you might be inclined to beat yourself up. Maybe you're not thinking I'm not doing it right, or you don't have enough confidence, or maybe you skipped a day or whatever it is. 
one of the, if, if you're really going to go on this journey to self-healing, one of the biggest takeaways is accept and forgive and love yourself through everything. I had to start that back when I was still bulimic and actively so. That meant that I didn't want to be doing it anymore. And there I was on the bathroom floor doing what I was doing. And I had to, in that moment, the way it changed for me is I had to say, that is okay. I love myself anyway. I love myself even though I'm not, I'm doing what I don't want to be doing right now. And I'm failing myself in a way, but I love myself through it because I realized that that moment was a bottom from which I was yet to rise. And I urge everyone who is not in a good place right now to start with complete and full acceptance of where they are, who they are, whatever messes they've created, it's all okay. You start by fully accepting and loving yourself in this very moment, exactly as you are, before you become who you want to be, just as you are. You're messed up selves, because in some ways we're all messed up and we're all doing the best we can. Great mantras to live by. Accepting yourself, loving yourself anyway. Exactly where you are. Exactly where you are. Yes. Thank and you so much have, for coming on today, Just Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's okay. I just wanted to, you know, I just yeah. wanted to add that um, since going through the pandemic, there's a lot of people who have a lot of changes. And I have those people in my own lives now. I have people going through divorces and breakups and job yes. loss and a lot of changes. There's a state of mayhem that is sort of both external and internal right now. And I say this all the time. I say this to person after person, accept what is and go from there. So full acceptance is step one. And go from there. Great. So what's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Great question, Chris. Thanks for reminding me. Of course. <laughs> because if I'm not, if I'm not <laughs> reminded that I, I'm really genuinely passionate as, as are you. As are you, I'm passionate about personal development, self-help, spirituality. And so I forget myself in it and that's good. That's good for me. That's a really good, that's how I know I found my place. That's another thing, like what we talk about, like the flow state. It's great to forget your own problems. And I, I also urge folks to find something that does it for them. Whether it's like for you, you have, uh, you're, you're cycling, you said. I yeah. have climbing, it could be painting, whatever. But yes, so folks can find me on jessiecanzer.com. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com. All my social media information's on there. I'm an, often on Instagram talking about these things and all the book information is on there. So don't just sit there, do nothing is sold everywhere books are sold and it is available for pre-order. Uh, before March 1st, when it officially comes out on March 1st. Oh, it comes out then. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Jesse. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank my listeners so much for tuning in to today's episode. Just remember to tap the plus button to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to rate and review so we can continue to build our holistic community. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, 
where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.